She pins her down and pukes a bunch of blood into Janice's mouth. You think it was blood? I put that it was blart. <laughs> blart? She pukes up some Paul Blart. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the Franchise Frights Podcast. I'm Mandy. I'm Cam. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm um, Thursday-ish. It's very Thursday. Yeah, it's like extra Thursday with like a side of Thursday sauce. Yeah. But hey, I slept well. Had a pretty easy day at work. I don't hurt. That's good. Life is good. I'm on the second day of my new job. And how are you enjoying it? I like it a lot. But if I'm a little like, bleh, that's why. Well, that's just normal. Well. You're always kind of blue. I've had to learn a lot in the past two days. Education. And I'm old. I know. Isn't it weird how like people always told us when we were younger, oh, it gets harder to pick up new things as you get older. And we're like, you're just being it lazy. Does. <laughs> but no, no they're right. I won't say that. I will say. It was it. It's not harder. I feel like it drains me more. Oh yeah. Like I've been really tired the past two nights. Yeah, I can see that. It's like cause... my brain working is making me sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also read a lot yesterday too. That's true. That's good for the brain. That's true. Sleepiness quotient. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I said I was the one that was going to be all blah. Well, I actually slept last night, so oh. I mean, this is, my brain doesn't know what to do with a proper amount of sleep. <laughs> you want to tell them about stickers again? Yes, we have stickers and business cards, and if you DM us your mailing address, we will send you a sticker with five business cards, but you have to promise to put the business cards in the hot little hands of a horror or podcast aficionado. Or in a high traffic area, such as a bulletin board. Are there still a lot of bulletin boards? I don't. You said bulletin board. I know in the last I did episode. last episode, but then I was thinking about it. I'm like, do people really still have them? Uh, they hey, do- but I was at Casey's today, and I did look at theirs because they had Great Dane puppies for sale. <laughs> oh, can we get a Great Dane puppy? Not right now. Okay. Well, um, I'm not, sad now. Not when dog food costs seventy dollars. Yeah, guys. I don't like inflation. (laughs) Do you have any other things to talk about? I don't. Do you have any horror movie news for us? I don't. I was a slacker. I'm sorry. I have one piece of horror movie news. Okay. Diablo Cody has written a new movie coming out on February 9th called Lisa Frankenstein. The plot synopsis on IMDb, I think it sounds pretty promising says a coming of rage love story about a teenager and her crush who happens to be a corpse after a set of horrific circumstances bring him back to life the two embark on a journey to find love happiness and a few missing body parts oh 
It stars Catherine Newton and Cole Sprouse, and I am intrigued. I, I, I'll watch it. I like some Diablo Cody humor. I, I feel like that movie's been made before, though. Well, I feel like pretty much every movie's well, been made yeah. now. <laughs> I was trying to think of what it was, though. Oh, Warm Bodies is one. Well, kind of. Kind. He's just, like, undead. He's not, like... They have to find him body parts. Oh, he's like, oh, it's Frankenstein. I was picturing zombie in my head. Oh, no, it's not called Lisa Zombie. I know. You, yeah. <laughs> I told you my brain's not working. Mandy's brain's broken. Yeah, that's all the horror movie news I have for now. Oh, I guess we could talk about um, James Wan and Jason Blum have merged their companies, Blumhouse and Atomic Monster. And I think that's going to be pretty cool. I think so, too. And the director of Scream 7 has now dropped out. Oh. So I kind of think maybe don't make Scream 7. stop. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be a direct-to-video quality. It's ill-fated. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I guess that's all I have. All right. Um, What movie are we going to discuss today? I keep saying, uh. Uh. We're going to discuss Annabelle Creation. I like that movie. You do? I do. Okay. Would you like me to do the facts and figures? I would love it. Annabelle Creation was released on August 11th, You just switched into such a podcast voice. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw it on your face. This is how I talk when I'm podcasting. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. It stars Lulu Wilson, Talitha Eliana Bateman, uh, Anthony LaPaglia, Miranda Otto, and Stephanie Sigmund. It was directed by David F. Sandberg, written by Gary Dauberman, produced by Peter Safran and James Wan, cinematography by Maxime Alexandre, music by Benjamin Walfish. Production companies were New Line Cinema, the aforementioned Atomic Monster, the Safran Company, Rat Pack Dune Entertainment, and it was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. It has a runtime of 110 minutes and a budget of $15 million with a box office of $306 million. That's a good number. They made their money back. Yeah. It has an IMDb score of 6.5 out of 10, a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 70%, and a 68% audience score. I so, made a note that I think this is the closest all of the scores have been. I think so. You have a, you know, like essentially a 65, yeah. a 70, and a 68. Yeah. That's pretty much all the same score. Yeah. Which is odd. It's very odd. Would you like to hear the Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus? Yes. Annabelle Creation adds another strong chapter to the Conjuring franchise and offers further proof that freaky looking dolls remain reliably terrifying. They are. And like, you don't even see the doll that much. No. But every time you see her, I'm just like, I don't want this. But like, (laughs) knowing what the real Annabelle looks like, can you imagine like if it was just a Raggedy Ann doll? Yeah. (laughs) It wouldn't be scary at all. They they open that closet door and the Raggedy Ann doll's just sitting (laughs) there. Like slumped over. You're like, oh, all right then. Yeah. At least Robert the doll's creepy looking. Yeah. 
Do you have any critics? Yes. Um, Peter DeBruge from Variety said, Sandberg once again plays with both lighting, composition, and suspense, framing shots in such a way that we're constantly searching the shadows for hints of movement while draw- drawing out scenes for maximum tension. Ooh. Which is true. Yes. Every time I watch any of the Conjuring Universe movies, I'm constantly looking in the background. I'm like, there's something back there. Well, and it's like, you're trying to take the whole picture in. You're not just focused like on the characters. Yes. Because you're just waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Behind them or next to them. That's how I feel every time we watch a Mike Flanagan thing too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to look around. He's hidden something here for me. Yeah. If you guys haven't watched any Mike Flanagan, oh, go to Netflix and just watch all of it. Yes. Like. He's amazing. Midnight Mass. Oh. 10 out of 10. Yes. Hush. Yes. 10 out of 10. Yeah, just go watch all of his stuff. Yes. Even, uh, what was it, The Midnight Club? Yeah, that was good too. Yeah. It was like a teen, teeny. Unfortunately, we don't get a second season. I know. I have. <laughs> Sorry, we went off track. That's okay. That's what we get not paid to do. Oh, that's true. <laughs> if you want to pay us, <laughs> I do have a Venmo. <laughs> Brian Tallarico, I didn't write down where he was from. That's okay. <laughs> he said, Annabelle creation isn't perfect. It's a bit too long at 109 minutes and sometimes feels like it's making up its own story logic as it goes along. In that sense, it's more like a ghost story told around a campfire than a literal origin story. And you know what? I don't agree with his tone. Yes. But I do agree that it does feel very campfire-ish. And, and it's very like, drawn out. Yeah. And it's very, oh, and do you know what happened next? Yeah. And then you jump to the next person's story? Yes. Walter Agio from the San Francisco Chronicle said, there are gotcha jolts that definitely got me, but for each of those, there must be a half dozen scares telegraphed in very large letters. I think Annabelle Creation is suffering from sequelitis. Wow. How'd he feel about the movie? (laughs) I don't know if it was he, they. How did they feel about the movie? His name, their, their name is Walter. I think it's That's, safe to assume. <laughs> yeah. Chris Nashawate of Entertainment Weekly said this movie was a mishmash of cliches and nonsense. Also said, none of this will seem new to horror fans. Yeah. And it was very cliched. It I, Through the whole movie, I kind of felt like, yeah, I've, I've seen this before. Yeah. But they did it very well, I think. Okay. My opinion. Yeah. And you know what? That's what people tune in for is to hear our opinions. Yeah, that's true. Specifically mine. Do you have any other? I do not. Okay. I don't either. What did you think about it before you watched it? Um, Well, we saw this one in the theater. And I feel like I'm one of the few people on this planet who actually enjoyed the first Annabelle movie. (laughs) And... When we saw Creation in the theater, I really wasn't very impressed. Mm-hmm. Over the next few days, though, I kept thinking about it, and I wanted to see it again. So as soon as it hit a streamer that we had, I watched it a few times, and I really enjoyed it. Hmm. I'm kind of a sucker for horror movies with the children in the leading roles. Yeah. And this one just kind of, it scratched all my itches. And the, the girls did an awesome job. They did. Um, and I like that it's... 
dark and moody. It's a very moody movie. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to like, it doesn't send you on an emotional roller coaster Mm -hmm. because it just starts down and it just leaves you down. Yeah. I would agree with that. I kind of said the same thing. I said it. I know we watched it when it came out and I remember feeling disappointed in it. For people that don't know, I have a terrible, terrible memory. Real bad. Like real bad. Like I can't remember what happened yesterday. (laughs) So so me watching a movie six years ago, not going to remember it. But anyway, I felt like there was a lot of anticipation without a lot of scares. And I just don't think they'll ever be able to recapture the scariness of the original Conjuring. Oh, no. Because like, that's scary. I feel like they just keep trying to duplicate it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no. Use those skills that you used in The Conjuring and give us something new. Yeah. But they don't. They don't. They just keep doing the same stuff. Would you like me to start the plot rundown? I would like you to. Okay. Guys, here's the plot rundown. Woohoo! We open with the usual Conjuring Universe opening where they run through the 600 production companies that help make the uh, movie happen. And there's always creepy visuals and audio and, ooh, look, a beer. <laughs> that is one thing I don't like about their movies. Is it like when they're showing all the production companies, there's no like it's the soundtrack. Yeah. It's not It's just Yes. And it just it sets you off first thing. I kind of like that though. I don't, it just like it gets your hackles uh-huh. up. Uh-huh. So now we see a man's hands making a doll in what looks like a serial killer's wet dream of a workspace. There are doll parts hanging from twine on the ceiling. We see a sketch of who we know to be Annabelle. He finishes making the doll and brands it with the Mullins Toy Company logo and hand numbers it. It's a fancy doll. What a collector's item. The toy making man is Joe from Empire Records. A note gets shoved under the door and we see a shadow under the door of whomever deposited the note and it runs away. The man goes outside but no one is around. He opens the note and it reads, Find me in Cran. He walks in the front door of the house and there are upside down crosses on the top of the door's windows Uh and right side up crosses at the bottom. Yeah, I noticed that too. We've got a dichotomy between good and evil in this house. He finds another scrap of paper with closer written on it in crayon. He seems rather intense, almost like he's stalking whoever or whatever is leaving him these notes. He doesn't look happy about it. No, when he picks up the first one, he kind of gives an annoyed little smirk. Yeah. So he walks into a living room and we see the curtain move. He writes something on a scrap of paper and puts it on a planter stand next to the piano and walks off. The curtain opens and a little girl comes out. Really cute little girl, too. She's very cute. She finds the note he left on the plant stand, and it reads, Found you. Then he jumps out and scares the little girl, and they laugh, and he tickles her. And then Zelda Spellman from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comes in and tells them to stop having fun. She tells the little girl she doesn't want her to get overheated. What? At this point in the movie, like, I didn't remember what happened. And I was like, okay, so is she, like, sickly? I don't know. Maybe it was just really hot? I I don't know. The little girl says she isn't getting overheated, and then Auntie Zelda reveals a huge fake out, and she starts in with the tickling. Samuel, the toy-building daddy and husband, smiles at his girls having fun. They're having a tickle fight! 
Now we cut to nighttime in the massive farmhouse, and Auntie Z is getting B ready. Oh, yeah, I refer to her as Auntie Z through most oh, okay. of this. That's not her name. I think her name's Esther in the movie. Um, Esther so. and Samuel Mullins. Yeah, sounds good. But anyway, Auntie Z is getting B, the little girl, ready for bed. The little girl requests some music time, and her mom puts on the You Are My Sunshine vinyl for her. This kid's a total hipster. She's listening to vinyl. <laughs> oh, wait, that's all they had then. Yeah. Now we cut to the Mullins family leaving church. A man asks Samuel if his doll order is ready, and he is elated that they are. So these must be good dolls. Mm -hmm. The Mullinses get in their truck. Now we cut to the truck on the side of the road with a flat tire. Samuel is changing the tire and a lug nut pops off and rolls into the road. The little girl chases after the lug nut trying to be helpful, but she doesn't look for traffic and she's run down by a speeding truck. And there is a... It's definitely a... <gasps> yeah. Scene. And there was a very loud thump sound. Yeah. Now we see the doll that she was holding slam down onto the gravel road with its face smashed and we hear the muffled sounds of her mother screaming in the background. Now we get the title card, and it looks kind of like a hot iron brand mm -hmm. on wood. Then there's flickering firelight from beneath it, and there are deep choral voices. The score is rather unsettling. Yeah. It's all like, oh. Uh-huh. It's like that, like. Like throat singing. Yes. Twelve years later, we see a bus driving by the place where B was killed. One side of the bus, uh, sorry, on one side of the bus, it reads St. Eustatius's home. Is that how you say that? Eustatius? Uh, St. Uh, Eustace. Eustace? I went to church. St. <laughs> Eustace home for girls. Two also, this bus fucking I rules. Know. I want that bus. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's so cool. The bus has a bubble butt? Uh-huh. I love it. It kind of looks like a German Shepherd. Like kind of. Like its butt falls off. Yeah. <laughs> two girls maybe eight and ten are sitting in the back of the bus playing with a paper fortune teller and they're both holding dolls one says that she wishes that they were going to a new home instead of a new orphanage and they kind of talk back and forth and they make a pact that they come as a pair if one of them wants to i can't talk if someone wants one of them they have to take both of them and then I put, this is incredibly sad. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> and it's like, we don't know what happened with their families. Like, I know. Did their families just give them up or I, did they well, die? Especially that time, that time you, they could have just given them up. Yeah. It happened a lot more back then. So we see a young nun and she asks the priest how much longer. She's excited that the Mullins have agreed to take them all in. The priest explains that Mrs. Mullins was in an accident years ago that has resulted in a condition. Oh, not a condition. A condition. Is she hysteric? I don't know. <laughs> so they might not see her as much. The bus pulls up in front of the house from the beginning of the movie, only it looks in much worse shape. But the house? I want it. Yeah. It's so big. Yeah, but like all the paint's it, peeling. Yeah. It just looks like it hasn't been taken care of. Oh, it has that big wraparound porch. Yeah. And like... The really cool, like, three windows, like, on the front of Velisca, uh -huh. where there's two small windows and then the one big yeah. one in the middle. And, oh, I love it. I like architecture. <laughs> so Mr. Mullins exits the house to greet the girls as they get off the bus. 
And we find out that Janice is the older of the two girls and has a peg leg. <laughs> she has a crutch and a leg brace. I know. <laughs> um, then I put... <laughs> that's what Rawr, I, pirate. I put, not really. She just has a brace and uses a crutch. <laughs> but that means she's damaged goods. Yeah. And Mr. Mullins looks at her like, the fuck you bringing into my house? Exactly. Nobody's going to want her. Yeah. That other girl just like made a pact for a death wish. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm just... Guess we'll ride this out till we're 18. <laughs> the priest suggests that Mr. Mullins show the girls around the house while he unloads their things. A very jaunty song starts playing, and Mr. Mullins takes the girls into the house. All of them are just in awe because it's, it's such a big fucking house. And it's also like the first time they've ever been in a house. Well, yeah, maybe if they're all living in an orphanage. Yeah, but like one of them's probably like 16. You never know. Like, you think she what if just, somebody dropped her off as like a like six year old? She must have really sucked to never get adopted. <laughs> um, they kind of explore around and they're very excited to be there. Mr. Mullins shows the girls where he and Mrs. Mullins stay. He says that their bedrooms are upstairs, but the sister inquires if she and Janice might be able to stay downstairs because she can't get upstairs on account of the peg leg. Because she had the polio. Yeah. So Mr. Mullins walks them back to the stairs and hits a switch, a motorized wall chair thingamajig. (laughs) I always just refer to him as the Mrs. Deagle wall chair. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, It comes down from the upstairs and Mullins explains that he installed it for his wife, but it hasn't been used in years. The girls all encourage Janice to give it a try. And Mr. Mullins explains, switch on the chair. The switch on the chair up is up. And down is down. It's super complicated. That like makes a lot of sense. I know. But there's a condition. <gasps> what is it? It won't work unless the seatbelt is clipped. Oh, that's good Safety information. first. You don't want to fall out of that chair. It moves at like two miles per yes. hour. Then he very creepily clicks the seatbelt <laughs> and lays it in her lap. I said it feels gross. Maybe because he's an old dude and he's just like letting six random girls stay with him. Yeah. Does he have ill intent? I don't think so. As the movie goes on, I know he doesn't. But at this point, I was like, eh, you've got a bedridden wife. I didn't really get the creepy feeling when he clicked it on her. Really? I got the feeling that he was like trying to avoid being creepy. Yeah. Like he was like, okay, I'm going to click this on her lap, but I'm not going to touch her while I do it. Yeah. Uh, Janice takes the chair to the top floor while everyone else stays downstairs. When she reaches the top, there's a dark room behind her, and she kind of gets wigged out. But the rest of the girls come running up the stairs, breaking the wigginess for her. I like that all the girls clapped for her as she was going up the stairs, too, (laughs) in her chair. They're like, hooray, you can go up the stairs. (laughs) You did it. Good job sitting down. (laughs) So Janice enters a pretty girly room, and it has four beds in it. The older two girls follow behind her and claim one side of the room for themselves. And the other two beds are for Kate and Tierney, the middle two girls. So Janice and Linda seem to be the outcasts of the group. And the older girls tease Janice and tell her that she'll find a different room. She'll find a different room. (laughs) I like that you sang tease. I was reading as I was saying tease. <laughs> Janice walks down the hallway to find another room. 
On the outside of the door, she sees height measurements on the door jamb. She reaches for the door handle, but another hand gets there first and rattles it. And then I said, it was a jump scare, and it actually made me jump. Yes. Quit hitting your vape. This movie is full of jump scares that just, like, Come get me. Yeah. Mr. Mullins tells her that the room is locked and will stay that way. Again, he's kind of creepy. He's very big on eye contact. Yeah. But he's one of those eye contact people that just, like, bores a hole through your head with his eyes. Uh-huh. Linda calls to Janice to show her another room, and it's filled with doll busts. But it also has bunk beds. Bunk beds fucking rule. I called the sis like the nun. I call her sister nun because I couldn't remember her name at the beginning. It's Sister Charlotte. I know. I, as the movie goes on, I remember it. But at the beginning, she's sister nun. Oh, that's okay. Because I don't name any of the other girls okay. until it's absolutely necessary well, I, towards the end of the yeah. movie. <laughs> so sister nun is settling into her room, unpacking her things. And she discovers a dumbwaiter in her wall. She messes around with it for a minute and then pulls the door down to close it. And it immediately flies back up, which was another jump scare. Yes. It scared the turds out of her and me. Yes. One of the older girls rushes into her room, startling her again. She asks permission for the group to go exploring. The four old, four older girls excitedly run out of the house and Linda asks Janice if she's going to go join. But it's clear that the day has already taken its toll on Janice. Linda offers to stay with Janice, but Janice tells her, go on ahead. You can tell she doesn't want to hold her back. I know. And I felt bad for her because she was sitting there like rubbing her bad leg. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell it had been a long day. Yeah. So Janice hopples over to the window and she sees the other girls running off to play and she lets out a sigh of disappointment. Behind me, behind her, not behind me. I hope it's not behind you. (laughs) Behind her, we see the bedroom door close, revealing either a doll or a person crouching down. Yeah. Either way, it's creepy. And it's very out of focus, and you're like, I don't know what's behind her. Yeah. As Janice is standing looking out the window, the person or thing gets up and starts walking towards her. And just as you think it's going to get her, Janice turns around and there's nothing there. But the door opens a little more all on its own. And then her crutch crashes to the floor in front of her. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was trying to give her a crutch? No. I think it was saying, hey, I'm here. Come see me. Come play with me. Now we cut to dinner time. Mr. Mullins is saying grace, but there's a bell ringing from another room. He excuses himself to go check on his wife. That's who was ringing the bell. One of the older girls gets up and watches him walk into the bedroom and looks shocked at what she sees. All we see is a figure on a bed behind some sheer curtains. Sister Charlotte tells her to sit down and mind her own fucking business. (laughs) Then the lights start flickering. Not really flickering, though. It's more like they're flashing on and off. Yeah, ours did that the other night, too. Yeah. Fuck drunk people. Yeah. Yeah. drunk asshole ran into a light pole like two blocks from our house and knocked power out to our town for what like six hours no it was only like four oh yeah you were sleeping yeah but it took me forever to fall asleep because i didn't have my fan i know focus Uh. so anyway the lights were flashing on and off and everyone looks sufficiently creeped out um because flashing lights and dripping water means demons and shit yes so now we cut to janice and linda saying their bedtime prayers And they pray to find an adoptive family that will take them both so they can be real sisters. 
It's lights out time now, and Janice is having a hard time sleeping. Someone slips a scrap of paper under the bedroom door. She unfolds it to see Find Me written in crayon just like the opening scene. She leaves her room and goes out into the hall. A slip of paper comes from under the locked door in the hallway. This one reads, In Here. Janice thinks it's one of the older girls playing a trick on her, and she prays, Forgive me, Father, for I am about to sin. And then she opens the door, so she thinks sinning is opening the door when she was, like, told not to? Yeah. She's, a, you're disobeying. A, it's not a sin. Disobeying <laughs> is. I don't like it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, religious guilt being driven deep into the hearts and minds of the young and impressionable. So Janice opens the door, which is unlocked despite what Mr. Mullins told her earlier. Ooh. She steps into what appears to be a child's bedroom. It's a massive room with toys everywhere, and there's a collection of dolls on the bed. She uncovers a dollhouse that's a replica of the farmhouse, and she's pretty happy about the dollhouse, which has working lights in it. It's a fucking awesome dollhouse. It is. I, have I ever told you I really want to build dollhouses? I, I, I would totally do that. Let's do that when we get old. Yes. Okay. There's a doll in the middle of the room that appears to be an exact replica of B from earlier in the movie, and she's like... Janice is looking at it like, hey, that's this room. Mm -hmm. Who's this girl? And she picks it up. She looks at it. She sets it back down. There's a door to the left of where the bee doll in the dollhouse was. Janice opens it and finds a key. She looks to her left where the closet was in the dollhouse room. And she starts to investigate a little bit. She sees an area on the wall that appears to be a door with no knob. She walks over to it and finds a hidden lock on the wall. She puts in the key and unlocks the door. Inside the closet, we see the Annabelle doll sitting in a chair. There are papers glued to the walls all over the closet. Mm -hmm. And this kind of gives Janice the willies, as it should. And she closes the door. When she turns away, the door creaks open on its own. She closes it again and locks it with the key. But when she turns around again, the door once again opens on its own. The shot of Annabelle here is so good. Mm-hmm. It's like because the, the whole room's dark and it's just lit on like her face. Yeah, and it's like soft blue light, mm -hmm. and oh, she looks gloriously creepy. <laughs> so Janice grabs the sheet that was covering the dollhouse and tosses it over Annabelle and walks away. Once she gets a few steps away, ominous musical tones start up, and then a sheeted figure rises from the chair and starts to move out of the closet. Janice goes to the window and looks outside where she sees Mr. Mullins walking from the barn carrying a lantern. He stops and seems to spot Janice in the window. He rushes toward the house. Janice turns to run away but stops when she sees the sheeted figure standing between her and the door. The figure starts to walk toward her. As it walks, its feet trap the sheet more and more, and it's being pulled off just a little bit at a time with every step. It's so scary. When it runs out of sheet, and it's just cresting on the top of the head of the sheeted figure, the sheet drops to the floor, revealing that there was no one underneath. Janice whimpers a bit and heads for the door. I would have pooped myself. <laughs> she gets out into the hall just as Mr. Mullins is coming up the steps. She turns, closes the door to the locked room, but it's already shut. Who shut the door? I don't know. She rushes back to her bedroom and gets into bed and pretends to be asleep. 
Mr. Mullins is now in her doorway, looking into the bedroom, as she clutches at her blanket and pulls it tighter to her chin. And that knocks over her crutch. She stays still, and Mr. Mullins eventually leaves the doorway. The camera cuts back to the closet in the locked room, and now we see that the chair in the closet is unoccupied. Ooh. Now we get a really cheesy, unneeded shot of the camera turning upside okay, down. Okay, thank you. I noted that as well. They were like, oh, there's a cross on the wall? Let's not flip the cross upside down. Let's flip the camera upside yeah. down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the camera continues moving into, into like a scene swipe, and we're looking up from the bottom of a well now. We are. The girls are ribbing each other about Mrs. Mullins living at the bottom of the well. Linda approaches the girls, and she's kind of acting like a Karen, because she's like, pay attention to me. I want to play a game. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the older girls says, okay, let's play hide and seek. You go hide, and we'll come look for you. Never find fall for this trick. My sister and two of her <laughs> friends did this to me once, and I just thought I was like a kick-ass hider. Yeah. And then my mom came home from work, and she was like yelling for me, but I was like, I'm fucking playing hide and seek. I don't want to come out. So my mom found me and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm playing hide and seek with Heather and Chris and Robin. And she's like, they're not here. <laughs> they left to go to the convenience store and just like left me home by myself hiding. That's all right. You never would have known the difference. I just thought I kicked ass at hide and seek. <laughs> um, so Linda excitedly shouts, OK, before she takes off running to hide. One of the other girls asks if they're actually going to go look for her. And one of the older girls replies. Maybe. <laughs> Back in the house, Sister Nun is cleaning the room that Mr. Mullins has said they can use for their classroom. Janice tells Sister that she has a sin she needs to confess. She tells Sister about going into the room Mr. Mullins labeled off limits. I have a question, Catholic lady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Former Catholic lady. Can you confess a sin to a nun? I thought only priests could absolve. I I think, I I don't think she was actually confessing because oh, they're, was... they're face to face, aren't they? No. Or do they go, they do go back to back. Yeah, they go back to back because you can't look at each other when you confess. Well, yeah, it, it's a well, thing. It's a lot of rules. I don't know. I was never confirmed. But I, because she doesn't give her like her penance. Yeah, she does. Oh, okay. Yeah, she does. Yeah, there. Um. I don't know. I don't think you can. I was like, I really thought that only priests could do that. I don't know. Because, I mean, you're going to let a woman absolve you well, of sins? But you also figure by the time, like, I was in church, and, like, there weren't nuns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And nuns are scary. Yeah. I've seen that movie with Valak. <laughs> so, she tells the sister about going into the room that Mr. Mullins labeled off limits. She said, well, the door was already open, which I don't know how, because Mr. Mullen always keeps it locked. When I went inside, there was this little doll, and it was really strange in there. Weird things started to happen. Sister interrupts her and says, a sin is a sin, no matter the context. She scolds her for disobeying Mr. Mullen, explaining that if the Mullins were to ask them to leave, they would all have to be split up. She says, so the next time you're thinking of breaking a rule... Think about how much it could affect the other girls first. Yeah, think about yourself. That's, she, that's all she does. Yeah. As penance, 
I, I, I forgot that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, she issues one Hail Mary and unpacking three boxes. Can I, can I read you all the notes that I wrote for this scene? <laughs> because it's one really long rant. How far are we in? What? Are we at an hour already? No, we're only like, I don't know, a few minutes. We're only at like 36 minutes. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so I wrote, so the reason Janice came to find her is she needs to confess a sin to the nun. Is that even a thing? I thought you could only confess sins to a priest. Also, that totally goes against the Bible, but so do a lot of things in the Catholic faith. So now Sister Charlotte and Janice are sitting back to back in the room because I guess you can't look at someone when you confess your sins. It's more fucking rules I don't get. The sin Janice needs to confess was she walked into a room that a man told her not to go into. Is that really a sin? Ugh, I hate religion. Ooh, look, a set of man-made rules that we use to beat you into make you feel guilty about everything you do in your life. <laughs> if you're constantly feeling guilty and beaten down, you're easier to control. Now give us your money or God won't like you and will lock you down in the basement for all of eternity to be tortured by his arch nemesis. Is it any fucking wonder that people are so fucked up when they've had this bashed into their brains for their entire existence? So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to tell us how you really feel? <sighs> okay, I'm good now. Okay. So the other four girls are exploring in the barn and they find a creepy as fuck scarecrow. I don't like the scarecrow. The scarecrow is scary. Oh, <laughs> one of the girls does a comedic little bit with it, but the other three girls are kind of spooked. Back inside, Lin Linda enters the room. Oh, she enters a room under the stairs, which is the best hiding spot. Yes, we had one of those at my grandma's uh, house. We did, too. It's dark down there. As she's looking around, she discovers Annabelle in a corner. She apprehensively approaches the doll. As she gets closer, there's a sound of a folding chair being dragged, and Annabelle is pulled out of sight. Linda jumps back, frightened, and tumbles out of the door, just as the other four girls make their way inside. Found you. Not very good <laughs> at hiding. And I like that she just has this look on her face like, okay, I'm still alive. And the other girls are like, oh, yeah, you suck. But, one of the things that bothers me about this movie is that Linda and Janice don't discuss what's going on with them as much as they should. Yeah. If that had happened like in real life, Linda would have ran to Janice and been like, okay. what the fuck? This doll's under the stairs and like it just moved. Yeah. And then Janice would have been like, does I, the doll look like this? Because yes. I saw it last night. Exactly. They would have talked about it. That night, Mr. Mullins is in Sister Nun's bedroom trying to fix the dumbwaiter. And he sees a picture of her on the desk or dresser and picks it up. And he walks toward her super creepily. Mm -hmm. Like, he looks like he's going to, like, come stroke the side of her face. Uh, Sister Charlotte tells him it was taken in Romania at a convent of cloistered nuns. There's a picture of four nuns standing next to each other, and Mullins inquires about a nun you can barely see who's standing in the back in a dark shadow. Hey, we know who that is. And Sister Charlotte says she never met her. That's probably good. Easter egg! It's Valak. Yay. Um, and then the two of them exchange good nights. In the older girl's room, they're laying and giggling at a magazine, um, talking like how teenagers talk. Oh, he's so dreamy. <laughs> Mr. Mullins walks by on his way downstairs. He stops, awkwardly stares at the girls for a moment, and then proceeds on. 
the girls all crack up laughing once he's out of sight. So now it's lights out time. Two of the older girls are under a blanket in the middle of the room. They have a flashlight under their blanket and they're telling ghost stories about Mrs. Mullins. They say she only comes out at night because that's when she gets her powers. She comes out to feed. And if you look at her directly, you die. And to get you to look at her, she will repeat your name over and over. Then they hear the bell ringing in the distance. They continue joking around at Mrs. Mullins' expense, and the bell continues ringing, and they wonder why Mr. Mullins isn't answering the call. Now the bell rings closer to their room. Their flashlight flickers out, and now the bell sounds like it's ringing inside of the room. With the flashlight out, we can see light coming in through the windows of their little sheet fort. Yeah. (laughs) Someone hunched over steps into the light from the windows. It whispers one of their names. Uh, The girls are freaked as shit now, and the figure comes closer and closer, still ringing the bell. They think that she's gone, but then a face like a porcelain doll mask pops up between them, and they shriek and scream. Mm -hmm. They throw off the sheet, just as one of the other girls in the room gets up and turns on the light, revealing there's no one else in the room. Sister Charlotte and Mr. Mullins both come into the room due to the screaming and whatnot. Mm -hmm. The girls say they saw Mrs. Mullins in their room. And he tells them, it's impossible that she could be up here. She hasn't been able to walk for years. Now the girls that were under the blanket look freaked as fuck. So we cut to the hallway where Janice is coming out of her room. And there's really no reason for this shot at all. It, it just adds 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, was it supposed to like cast doubt on Janice? I didn't understand it. I don't know. It was just a completely wasted shot. Yeah. So now it's the next day and Sister Charlotte has all of the girls outside for study time. The two older girls who weren't under the blanket for it the night before and Linda are gallivanting about and having fun while the two blanket fort girls are sitting quietly on the blanket with Janice. Janice asks one of the blanket fort older girls if she is okay. She tells Janice that she swears they saw her. The other girl nags her and says, we just freaked ourselves out. Back in the house, Mrs. Mullins is ringing her bell. Sister Charlotte goes to check on her, and Mrs. Mullins asks her for a glass of water. There's stained glass in the Mullins' bedroom, and there's light streaming in through a cross-shaped cutout in the window. They really like religious stuff. Mm -hmm. We see Janice looking around the downstairs of the house. She finds a hallway with photo frames on the wall. She opens a second door to the Mullins' room, And here's Mrs. Mullins telling Sister Charlotte how nice it is to hear children in the house again. Charlotte sees a a photo of Annabelle B, not Annabelle Doll. (laughs) And Mrs. Mullins tells her that they lost her at a young age. Charlotte tries to console her and says that she's waiting for them in heaven. Mrs. Mullins says, I wish that were true. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Back in the hallway, Janice turns away from the door and finds a picture of the little girl, Annabelle, sitting on a sofa with the doll, Annabelle. She takes the photo off the wall and walks away with it. Mm-hmm. She's just stealing pictures. Okay, now that's a sin. Yes, that's theft. Yeah. That's a crime. It is. Now it's nighttime and Janice is looking at the photo in her room. She goes to put it under the blanket and notices that when it gets in the shadows, the eyes on Annabelle the girl are glowing in the dark. And that's not normal behavior for a photograph. It is not. 
She continues checking out the picture, and we hear music playing through the wall of her bedroom. Janice goes to the locked room, which is again unlocked. She turns off the record player that was playing You Are My Sunshine. Linda comes in and starts snooping through some toys, and Janice tells her that the Mullins had a daughter, but she died. She also tells Linda that she thinks the dead daughter was the one who turned on the record player. Linda gets freaked out and thinks they should leave the room, and then she shoots this awesome toy gun that fires a ball that has a string attached to it. I described it as a prehistoric Nerf gun. Yeah, it's so awesome. (laughs) It is cool. And like it has a reel on it to Uh bring the ball back in, and I want it. So when Linda shoots the ball, it bounces off the Annabelle doll who's facing away from them. When they look back at it after talking for a while, the doll is facing them. Mm-hmm. Linda gets the creeps and decides they should leave the room, but Janice wants to stay. She picks up a diary from the table next to the record player and flips through it. There are some filled in pages and then several pages of blank paper. Then she flips to a page that reads, Dear Diary, Today I Came Home. That's kind of ominous. Yeah. Right after she reads this page, we get a shot over her shoulder of the door slamming shut behind her. Now a couple of puppets pop up in a puppet stage and start moving on their own. She asks who's doing it and grabs one of the puppets, but when she grabs one of them, the other goes crashing to the floor. Behind her, the lights in the dollhouse turn on. She approaches the dollhouse and picks up the Annabelle the Girl doll. Through the window of the dollhouse, Janice sees movement. She rises up to look over the top of the dollhouse and sees B, or Annabelle the girl, (laughs) in full human form standing by the windows looking at her. Annabelle turns her back on Janice and looks out the window. Janice says, you're the Mullen's daughter, aren't you? What happened to you? Janice walks closer to Annabelle, and the little ghost girl says, will you help me? Janice says, what do you need? Annabelle the girl starts tapping on the window, and we're seeing her back but over her shoulder we can see her face reflected in the window pane. She spins around suddenly with a demonic face complete with scary glowing eyes, Mm -hmm. and she growls, Your soul! at Janice. Was that good? Mm -hmm. Did I I did a good demon? You did. So Janice screams, and she's hauled to the ground and dragged by a clawed hand. She frees herself and crawls toward the door, a black monster hand with blood dripping off of its claws like, claw-like fingernails lowers into the frame. Janice gets out of the room. As she makes her way through the hallway, every door she passes slams shut. She screams for Sister Charlotte and tries to make it to her own room. As she gets to the hallway she had a bad feeling about on her first trip up the stairs, a black shadow from floor to ceiling advances down the hallway, blocking out all the light in the hall. Janice runs to the lift chair to get downstairs. The lights have gone out in the hallway on the second floor. She sits in the chair and tries to activate it to go down, but she hasn't fastened the seatbelt. You have to do that. Also, if there was no electricity, does it run on electricity? Probably. So she looks back towards the locked bedroom door, and the door opens. A black shadowy mist pours out of the door, and we hear some growling. It blacks out her view of the doorway. She remembers the seatbelt on the lift. She fastens it and starts her way down the steps. The chair stops after a few stairs from the first floor and then starts going back up. Janice tries to grab the newel post on the stairs to stop herself and it breaks off. When she rounds the corner, 
and can see the landing on the second floor, Annabelle the girl is standing there waiting for her. Janice screams. She tries to get the seatbelt undone, but fumbles with it in her frightened stupor. The chair reaches the top of the steps and stops. For several seconds, nothing happens. Janice then gets pulled into the air quickly and very violently by an unseen force. I really liked this because, like, when the chair starts moving up, you're just like, okay, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And then when she gets to the landing and you don't see anything, you're like, oh. Oh, they just faked me out. I'm safe. And then it's like all of a sudden she's ripped from the chair and you're like, it just scares the shit out of you. I actually put a note in here. That she lets out a blood-curdling scream and there's this huge, like, musical stinger. Yeah. And when we saw this in the theater, I had my toes curled up so hard inside (laughs) my shoes that my left foot started to cramp. You remember things like that and I don't remember seeing the movie. (laughs) (laughs) When Janice was pulled out of the chair, though, and that stinger hit, I jumped and I am man enough to admit that the big bad movie scared me. Yeah. So now the camera flashes around to all the girls sound asleep in their beds. There's no music or sound effects. Then we see a shot from the first floor looking up at the chandelier. Janice's shoe drops past the chandelier and lands on the floor in the first floor foyer. The camera focuses on the shoe for a few seconds, and then Janice's lifeless body drops onto the floor next to the shoe with a really sickening thud. It's a bad sound effect. Janice rolls over with a pained expression on her face. She has blood coming from her nose and maybe a cut on the forehead. Mm -hmm. As she rolls to her back, the scene starts to fade out and we get this big orchestral swell to end the scene. This scene was so fucking good. I know, and it's only like 45 seconds maybe. Yeah. I just, in all caps, I wrote very effective. The whole scene was great. From the time the demon Annabelle girl spins around. Yeah to reveal her demon face to the time that Janice rolls over and we get that big orchestral swell. Mm-hmm. It is absolute horror movie perfection. Yeah, it's good. Like that whole scene, I was just sitting there like, wow. Yeah. And for that scene to be in this movie mm-hmm. is really odd. Like you would think that would come from like one of the big five of horror, you yeah. know? Not Annabelle part two. <laughs> they did their job. They did. Yeah. So we cut to Janice, Sister Charlotte, and Mr. Mullins pulling up to the house in a truck. Janice is now in a wheelchair. So while Mr. Mullins takes Janice into the house, Sister Charlotte tells the other girls that Janice is feeling down, so they should do anything they can do to help her. Linda asks if Janice will ever walk again, to which Sister Charlotte replies, We'll have to see. Which is adult speak to a child for probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, inside the house, Sister Charlotte is putting together a room for Janice downstairs. Janice tells Sister that they can't stay there. She didn't fall down the stairs. Something threw her. I saw it. (laughs) Sister Charlotte explains to her, you always say... Janice tells Sister Charlotte. Sister Charlotte asks her to explain. (laughs) And Janice says, you always say that even though we can't see God, we can feel his presence. Well, in this house, I feel a different kind of presence, an evil one. It's coming after me, coming after my soul, because I'm the weakest. Sister Charlotte replies that the devil preys on those weak in faith, not in flesh. When she says flesh and bone there, 
every time I hear flesh and bone, for some reason, I want it to be in like a Scottish brogue. <laughs> I don't know if that's in some other movie, but every time somebody says flesh and bone, I'm like, eh, it would have been better with Scottish. That's weird. Um, in their bedroom, the Mullins discuss whether it was the right decision to bring the girls into their home. Mr. Mullins tells her that the, about the girl that fell and that maybe she didn't fall. Mrs. Mullins says it was just an accident. Accidents happen. They exchange a look. It's like a knowing look. Yeah. <laughs> and she tells him it's been quiet for 12 years. You What's should... been quiet? I don't know. Tell me. The house. Oh. Okay. And she tells him that he should try embracing the presence of the girls instead of frightening them away. Oh, I should put here too that I should mention that during their convo, he is whittling a cross. They really like religious iconography in this house. And like, whittling scares me. Can you imagine if you or I tried to whittle? No. That would end in an ER trip after <laughs> like four passes with the knife. Yeah. So before bed, Linda and Janice are discussing adoption again. And Janice tells Linda that no one will want her now. She's just a burden. So she takes back the promise that they made about only going to a family if they could take them both. This upsets Linda. But then Janice is kind of kind and tells her that she'll find a home where they'll spoil her and she'll have so many dolls that she can't name them all. But Sister Charlotte calls to Linda that it's time for bed. Janice and Linda are unsure about sleeping alone. So they exchange dolls so that they each have a piece of each other. Which is like the cutest fucking thing ever. Yes. And then they tell a cute little story about them stealing chocolate at the orphanage. Which I thought was cute. That was cute too. Oh, and when uh, Janice tells Linda, no matter what happens, nothing can erase all those things we did together. Aww. I just like, I want to give her a hug and be like, I'm sorry you got hurt by a demon. <laughs> Linda heads upstairs. And as she's walking, the door to B's locked room clicks open. Linda cautiously approaches, puts her ear to the door, and then she looks through the keyhole into the room. She has a direct sight of the Annabelle Annabelle doll sitting in a rocking chair. And it's rocking. It's not normal behavior from a doll. She opens the door. Well, she's very brave. That's what I put. She bravely opens the door. <laughs> and the chair is still. And Annabelle is no longer in it. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-oh. Back in her room, Linda is sitting in front of an open door, staring into the black hallway. She has the prehistoric nerf gun which i want <laughs> readied and aimed at the door she pulls the trigger and the ball shoots into the blackness she winds it back in she readies the ball to be shot again and pulls the trigger once again she shoots the ball into the darkness <laughs> linda begins to reel the ball back in but it catches on something uh-oh the line attached to the ball begins to rise from the floor until it's almost at the ceiling and then the gun is ripped from linda's hands she sits there, frozen in fear, and then floorboards start to creak in the hallway. What What do you think you would do if this had happened to you and she's, you were, what? how old is she? Do you think, I, like, eight, nine? I said eight, eight, nine. Like, wh how would you have reacted to this? I'd be screaming. I would be crying. I'd be crying now. I don't even know what I would do. Like, now I would probably just freeze. Yeah. But, like, she doesn't yell. She doesn't like. No, she. She doesn't freak out. No, she just sits there. 
So floorboards creak in the hallway before rapid footsteps are heard getting closer to the room. Janice screams, jumps into the top bunk. Then the lights click off, and the bed shakes like someone's gotten into the bottom bunk. She looks at the floor and sees black footprints leading to the bed. She turns towards the wall and through the small open space peeks down to the bottom bunk. Annabelle is laying there, looking directly at her. Nope, don't want it. Nope. And then a black spindly hand grabs Annabelle. Linda lays frozen in bed, staring at the ceiling. That's probably what I'd be doing. And <laughs> Just, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> we see a passage of time and Linda wakes up and it's almost dawn. She cautiously peeks over the side of the bed and there's no one in the bunk below. And then I put, okay, this little girl is brave as hell because I certainly wouldn't look over the edge of my bed. I would just live on the top bunk from now on. Well, at least until someone else is awake and can protect me from whatever the fuck that was. And when the hand comes in and just like slowly <sighs> wraps its tenderly fingers around the doll and like starts pulling it back. She still didn't scream. No, like I can just picture myself like I wouldn't be able to catch my breath. Oh, yeah. Like I'd be like. <gasps> That's like cardiac arrest. Yes. So now we're outside again and Sister Charlotte wheels Janice out to get some sun and fresh air. Mrs. Mullins's bell rings from inside, and we can see that Mr. Mullins' truck is gone, so Charlotte leaves Janice to go tend to the lady of the house. We see the rest of the girls hanging laundry on a clothesline quite a ways away from Janice. Janice leans back in her chair to enjoy the sun, and something shoves the wheelchair from behind. But there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. The barn door opens on its own. Someone dressed just like Sister Charlotte comes up from behind the wheelchair and starts to push it very quickly towards the barn. She turns back to look at who is pushing her, but the sun is right behind the person's head, so we can't see who it is. But we do see grayish-purple hands on the wheelchair's push handles. Do you think this was Valak making an appearance? Yes. The assailant pushes Janice into the barn and throws her from the wheelchair to the floor. Janice slams her shoulder into some farm implements on her way down. The barn door slams shut. Janice tries to crawl back to her wheelchair, but just when she gets within arm's reach of it, an unseen force tosses it to the side. Behind her, a door starts rattling like someone is trying to break in. She crawls under, like, a raised floor. I don't, it's like a weird crawl space. I don't yeah. Know. She scans around, seeing what she can see of the room, but she doesn't see anyone. As she's hiding under the floor, somebody starts walking above her. Then, in a very effective jump scare, mm -hmm. Annabelle, the little girl, drops down from the raised floor and scampers towards Janice. She pins her down and pukes a bunch of blood into Janice's mouth. You think it was blood? I put that it was blart. <laughs> blart? She pukes up some Paul Blart. <laughs> Black tar grossness. Oh, I thought it was just blood and oh. it was like darkly lit. No, I think it's supposed to be like... The evil. The evil. She pukes the evil into her. Yeah. Janice screams and everyone comes running. Sister Charlotte is the first into the barn and we see that Janice is just sitting in a wheelchair with her back to the door. She quietly says, I couldn't get out. Charlotte asks if she's okay. Janice says that she's fine and gives a really big, very fake looking smile. Mm -hmm. Then she stares Linda down for a moment and Linda seems to know... That's not my friend anymore. Yeah. So we cut to nighttime in the older girl's room, and Linda is telling them that she's worried about Janice. The older girls acknowledge that the house is creepy, 
and Linda tells him that Janice told her the Mullen's daughter was coming for her, and that she's been dead for a long time. They think it's pretty crazy that Janice is seeing ghosts, but Linda reminds them that they saw something in their room. Mm-hmm. One of the older girls says, that wasn't a ghost. Ghosts can only be of dead people. They struggle to figure out what's going on in the house, but the oldest of the girls breaks up their little chat session, and they all go to bed. The next morning, we see Linda sitting on the front porch. Mr. Mullins comes around the corner of the porch and asks her what she's waiting for. I didn't understand that. He's like, what are you waiting for? I don't know. And was it me or was she still in her like nightgown? She was still in her nightgown. Yeah. Do you think she just sat out there all night? Yes. Okay. I I couldn't tell if she was in her nightgown or if it was just like kind of like a house dress no, type thing. No, she was thing. definitely still in her nightgown. He shows her a crucifix that he carved. He sits down and tries to get her to talk to him. Linda opens up to him about being worried about Janice. She tells him that Janice had seen his daughter in the house. He seems a little shaken for a second, and then he tells Linda that his daughter has been gone for a long time. Linda tells him that Janice went into Annabelle's room and found a doll, and then he barks, What doll? at her. Linda says that it was a doll in a white dress, and he tells her that's impossible. That doll was hidden away. Then he warns her to never go near that doll. He gets up and goes inside, holding his crucifix in front of him like he's going to go hunt some vampires. Mm -hmm. He hears Janice humming, and he follows the noise. He goes into the dining room to find Annabelle the doll sitting at the head of the table, and there's a scrap of paper on the table. This part's really weird, too, because like we were just outside. It's the beginning of the day, Uh and as soon as he enters inside, you can't see anything. Like It's black. That's like what they describe in a haunting. Mm Mm-hmm. How they're like, the house just always felt like it was too dark inside. The sunshine can't penetrate the evil. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So Mr. Mullins picks up the scrap of paper and unfolds it. And it's the same note he left for his little bee earlier in the movie with his handwriting that says, found you. In the doorway behind him, Janice comes into the frame. He spins around and tells her that he told her not to use that room. She creepily sings, Please don't take my sunshine away. While tipping her head back and forth. Then she steps back into the shadows of the hallway and her eyes glow just like Bee's picture did. Mm -hmm. We hear the sounds of bones cracking and the eyes elevate to very tall person height. Yes. Very tall person. Uh Mr. Mullins step towards, steps towards the door with a crucifix held up in his outstretched arm. An unseen force breaks all of his fingers by bending them backwards. There's so many bone cracking noises in this scene. Yeah. The shot cuts to Annabelle sitting at the head of the table and then zooms in on her face as we hear more cracking and Mr. Mullins grunting and groaning. Outside, we see some of the girls and Sister Charlotte unloading groceries from the bed of Mr. Mullins' truck. They hear him yell from inside. Sister Charlotte instructs the girls to stay outside, and she goes in to check on him. She walks into the house and finds him laying dead on the floor. His eyes are blackened, and his skin looks like he's been dead for quite some time. Yeah. It looks like he just, like, advanced state of decay. It's it's the evil. It sucks your soul out. Yeah. So now we cut to outside the house, and it's nighttime. A big black hearse car pulls away, and I want that car. You want all the cars. Charlotte tells the girls to go get ready for bed, 
and Linda looks towards Janice at the opposite end of the porch. She's sitting in her wheelchair with the Annabelle doll in her lap. She also seems to be at peace. Yes, she's very calm. Yeah. She's like, oh, just really needed to get that Mr. Mullins kill out of the way. Yeah. So that night, while Janice is asleep on the couch, Linda comes in and very carefully takes the Annabelle doll from her. She grabs a lantern and heads outside. Upstairs, while brushing her teeth, Sister Charlotte sits and gazes out the window because... Um, I have a question. I feel like brushing your teeth at nighttime wasn't a thing at this time in the world. I feel like people were like, I just use my tooth polish after I eat my bacon in the morning. Yeah, probably. But like, who just goes and sits in front of a window and brushes their teeth? I've brushed my teeth in the middle of Main Street in Haverhill before. I've also eaten cereal while sitting in the middle of the road. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so while she's looking outside, she sees the lantern and Linda marching away from the house. Linda continues through the field towards the well. She hears footsteps behind her and she turns around and there's nobody there. She walks a little farther and hears footsteps again. But these are faster footsteps and we see a shadow coming up on her back. But once again, when she turns around, there's nothing there. Linda reaches the well gets I don't, somehow gets the top off i don't know how she does that she's strong <laughs> um and she's about to toss annabelle in when sister charlotte calls to her she stops with annabelle held just above the well and tells her this doll it's hurting janice and it killed mr mullins i'm getting rid of it and janice lets annabelle drop and then we get an upskirt shot of annabelle the doll dropping into the well <laughs> and it just clicked in me. I was like, oh, no, somebody's masturbated to this Ew, scene. stop it. They're like, oh, did you see that upskirt of that doll? Stop. It's so, so gross, but you know it I, happened. So Sister Charlotte is just like, yeah, okay, sure, let's go back inside. And she starts walking back towards the house. But Janice stops short when she hears whispering from the well. Linda. Oh, it's Linda. I wrote Janice here. <laughs> Thank you. She leans over to hear better, and a scary zombie demon hand comes up from the well and tries to pull her in. Sister Charlotte runs back to her and fights to pull her back from the well, and then she quickly puts the well cover back on, and the two of them are just standing there like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, I like that they exchange that little look like, so you saw what I saw, right? (laughs) Then something starts pounding at the well cover from below, and the two of them take off running towards the house. Inside, Linda rushes to Janice to tell her that she got rid of the doll. She pulls the blanket back, and it's Annabelle on the couch instead of Janice. Linda starts screaming, and all of the girls come running to see what's going on. And Sister Charlotte asks them where Janice is. And they're like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. And then she instructs them to go look for her. So Sister Charlotte grabs Annabelle by the neck. (laughs) She is not playing around anymore. No. And she marches her into Mrs. Mullen's room. Mrs. M is freaked out, saying, get that away from me. She tells Sister Charlotte that Annabelle is evil, the devil himself. After B died, the Mullins vowed their devotion to whatever power would let them see or speak to their little girl again. It started small. She would play You Are My Sunshine on the gramophone, and they felt like it was B. But then she asked if she could move into the doll to be with them forever. Then we cut to Mrs. M finding a note that reads, please. 
and she goes back into B's room and sees Annabelle rocking in the chair. The Mullins decide to say yes. Bad idea. Not a good idea. Bad idea. And then the presence gets stronger. They start seeing glimpses of B around the house. And while trying to get her attention, we find out that B's name is actually Annabelle. <gasps> oh my God. Who would have thought? At first, it was comforting to have her around, but they realized it wasn't actually B. So then we cut back to Mrs. M going into B's room, clutching a cross. B and Annabelle are having a tea party. The sound of bones breaking and B's body starts twitching and growing and cracking until she's a very large version of herself. And whoever they had do the acting, like the body work it, yes. for that scene, they can move in ways the human body was it's, not meant to move. It had to have been one of those weird, like double jointed people. Yes. Like, like it's so herky jerky. And is that is that a thing? Herky jerky? I don't know. Mr. Mullins enters the house and hears Mrs. M screaming. And he finds her on the ground, covering her eye. Then we cut back to now. 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 And Mrs. Mullins lowers her, her mask so that Sister Charlotte can see what she's been covering up. And it looks like a demon hand just grabbed her whole face. And just clawed it. And stole her eye. It was like, I want that. <laughs> and she tells Sister Charlotte that it's a demonic presence that was looking for a soul to inhabit. She says it tried to take hers, but Samuel asked the church for help, and they were able to save her soul. The evil was still in the doll, so they decided to hide it. So then we cut to Samuel pasting pages of the Bible to a wall, similar to how you would paste wallpaper. Yes. And a priest enters the creepy little closet thing that they found Annabelle in earlier, and he starts flinging holy water all around the closet. And then another priest enters and places Annabelle on a chair in the closet. Since then, it's been quiet. So they thought the evil was contained. And they thought taking the girls in could be their penance. But instead, they gave the evil exactly what it wanted. Fresh souls. You can take on from here because I can't read. <laughs> the older girls hear Janice singing Annabelle the girl's favorite song. They go into the Annabelle room and find Janice having a tea party with the doll, just like we saw in the flashback. Yeah. Janice stands up and turns toward them. They're shocked that she can walk. Janice tilts her head while looking at the oldest girl. She says, it's time to cease from sin, Carol. The camera pans down to show that Janice is holding a knife. Mm hmm. Cut to downstairs, and Charlotte is walking back toward the front of the house and hears the girls screaming. They run down the stairs and tell her that Janice has lost her shit. She tells them to call for help and stay together. There are only three of the older girls now. I don't know where the fourth one went. Mm -hmm. Should I be concerned? Or no. did that actor just have a scheduling conflict? And She's fine. Couldn't film the climax? <laughs> so Carol hangs up the phone and tells the other two older girls that someone is on their way, but they need to get someplace safe and hide. They hear Mrs. Mullins ringing the bell. The girls debate on what to do, and they decide they have to help Mrs. Mullins and not leave her behind in the scary house. They go into the bedroom. Just before they enter, we hear the bell ring again. They go in, and Mrs. Mullins isn't in her bed, but her mask is, and it has blood on it. They look over and see that Mrs. Mullins has been ripped in half, and her top half has been nailed to the wall crucifix style. 
They bolt from the room and we cut to the older girl's room where Linda is hiding with the girl that I thought went missing. Where did the other half of Mrs. Mullins go? I think that maybe the demon ate it. Okay. Maybe that's how it gets more power. Maybe. It's like, I'm going to have a big night tonight. I'm going to need to snack (laughs) on your butt. Sister Charlotte comes into the room and tells them that they need to leave. Then creepy ass Janice appears in the doorway and tells Charlotte that she needs to confess. Charlotte starts praying in Latin and Janice looks thoroughly unimpressed and tips her head from side to side. Then the score starts going nuts, and we see that Sister Charlotte is levitating about four feet off the floor. Then she's thrown across the room and into a mirror. Linda and the other girl bolt right past Janice. Linda falls and is dragged back into the room. The other girl runs away, and I guess her name is Kate. (laughs) Apparently they said it then. Yeah. Outside, the older girls get in the Mullins' truck, They try to start it repeatedly. It'll fire up for a second and then dies. One of the girls can see the scarecrow from earlier in the movie leaned up against the outside of the barn. Every time they turn the truck on, the headlights click on. But when the engine dies, the headlights turn off. This is a scary scene. Yes. You just keep staring at that scarecrow. It it seems, it sounds weird, but it seems very R.L. Stein. Yeah. It feels very uh, goosebumps. Yeah. The girl who saw the scarecrow calls to the other girl's attention to it. The headlights click on again, but the scarecrow's gone now. Then something bangs on the truck, and the girl, f- the girls all flip out, and they bail out of the vehicle. I couldn't see if there was anything there banging on the truck, because this is filmed super, super dark. No, I think what happened at that point was the other girl came up and like hit the door. Oh, and it just scared them? And it scared them, but she was trying to get into the truck. Okay. So cut back to the inside of the house and Linda's locked in a room and trying to find a way out. She tries the window and it won't open. There are banging sounds from the dumbwaiter door and she opens it. See, she's brave. Mm-hmm. If I heard banging sounds from the dumbwaiter door, I wouldn't open it. Nope. Cut back outside and now the older girls are running into the barn. Carol, the oldest girl, is the only one in the barn and the other girls look like they're about to enter too. But then they notice the scarecrow crucified on the wall just like Mrs. Mullins was. The barn door shuts, trapping Carol inside. She can't get the door open, and neither can the girls outside. She looks back to the scarecrow. There's an axe stuck in a piece of wood about halfway between them. Carol tries to pull the axe from the wood, but the handle breaks off in her hand. Something clangs to the floor near the scarecrow, and we see the light bulb unscrewing from the light closest to the scarecrow. Such a good visual. Mm-hmm. Just that light bulb turning itself out. Light bulbs turning themselves are is spooky. Oh, yes. Now the arms on the scarecrow start to jerk like they're f- trying to free themselves from the wall. The gloves... Gloves? Gloves. The gloves pop off the scarecrow's hands and reveal the black demon hands underneath. Jet. The hands break free from the wall and reach up to tear at the burlap sack that is the scarecrow's head. As the burlap parts, we see sharp, scary teeth beneath. The light bulb finishes unscrewing and falls to the floor, breaking itself. Then the next light in the line of overhead lights has its bulb start to unscrew, and it shatters to the floor. The third and final light in the room is the only one lit. We can hear its bulb start to unscrew. It's going to be dark. Yeah. Carol climbs a ladder in the barn to keep the bulb from coming out and screws it back in. She turns around to see if the demon scarecrow is coming to get her, but we can't see anything, 
as she's directly under the only light in the room. As her back is turned to the light, the black demon hand reaches up behind her and shatters the bulb. That that was very effective. That scared (laughs) me. She shrieks and falls off the ladder. She writhes in pain on the floor, and we see the demon hanging upside down from the rafters above her. Then it slowly lowers itself to the floor like a spider on its little stringy web. She screams and gets up and runs back to the door, or runs to a door, (laughs) to a different room in the barn. This is the scary doll-making room. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be in there. No. The demon starts pounding on the door after she closes it. Carol's back is to a window. She starts sobbing, Lord, help me. And someone's arm grabs her through the now-opened window. She shrieks and spins around to find, I think, Nancy? Yeah. (laughs) We'll call her Nancy for now, even if that's not her name. It is. Nancy helps Carol escape the barn via the window. Back inside, we see Linda lowering herself in the dumbwaiter. Janice is knocking at the door to the room and kind of sing-songing Linda's name. Linda's having a hard time moving the dumbwaiter, but she is making some progress. She gets to a stopping point that appears to be maybe the basement. Mm-hmm. That's what I put. Again, it's so dark you can barely make out anything in the room. She finds a flashlight and flashes it around, and there are crosses cut into the wooden slats covering the windows. So we know this is the Mullen's bedroom. Uh, she shines the light around the room, and she sees the blood stain on the wall where Mrs. Mullins used to be hanging, but she's not there now. Nope. There's a trail of blood going across the room from the old hanging spot. Linda uses her flashlight to follow the blood trail, and we see Esther's body laying on the opposite side of the room from the last place we saw it. How did it get there? I don't know. Oh, we find out here, because Esther lifts her head and starts hauling ass, crawling towards <laughs> Linda. Linda jumps back into the dumbwaiter and closes the door. She raises the dumbwaiter back up a ways, but it stops. She shines the flashlight down between the edge of the dumbwaiter platform and the shaft wall, and we see Janice climbing up towards the platform. Then the black demon hands come up between the platform and the wall and start pulling the dumbwaiter back down. Linda starts climbing the rope that controls the dumbwaiter, and the demon hands pull the platform back down to the main floor. You have a very concerned look on your face. Are you reliving it? (laughs) Linda makes it back up to Sister Charlotte's room and closes the dumbwaiter door. She goes out into the hallway and goes to the older girl's room looking for the nun. She's not there anymore. Linda makes her way down the hall further and looks down into the foyer from the top of the steps. Janice is there with her back to the camera. She appears to be stabbing something. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know what I like most about Sweet Sue? And she turns around and reveals that she's stabbing Linda's doll in the face. She's cutting her eyes out. And then she holds up the mangled doll and shows it to Linda and says, she looks just like you. Uh Linda runs to Annabelle's room now. I think that's the last fucking place I'd go. I'd be running somewhere, but probably not there. She goes into the Bible wallpaper closet and peeks out the door. Janice walks into the room. Linda turns and sees that Annabelle the doll is in the closet with her. So now she's stuck with the demon doll in the closet or the demon girl in the room. Mm -hmm. Not a very good choice. I don't want that choice. She goes and turns the doll's head away from her. Then the closet door flies open and Janice screams, found you. She throws Linda to the floor of the bedroom and is is grabbing her by the throat. She's about to stab her, but Sister Charlotte yells her name. 
Janice jumps up and charges at Charlotte and tries to stab her, but Sister Charlotte has the Annabelle doll and holds it in the way of the knife. Then she does something I couldn't see with her rosary. Thank you. Because it's... Because I, I, I put here, she's holding Annabelle in a rosary and I can't really tell what happens. There's some sort of like shking sound. Yeah. Um, and I wrote in all caps here, Start lighting your fucking movies better. Yeah. I, I went back and watched this like three times. I did too. Because I wasn't sure if somebody got stabbed, like if she stabbed her with part of the rosary. Yeah. Or I, I couldn't tell what happened. She did something with the rosary. Yes. So Sister Charlotte says, forgive me. And Janice looks at her with demonic eyes. Charlotte throws Janice into the Bible wallpapered closet and slams the door. Then she topples a bureau down in front of the door. Janice screams from the closet in half her voice and half scary demon voice. Then there's growling. The broken glass on the floor from the bureau starts rattling. The lights turn on and flicker. The record player starts up. Charlotte and Linda run from the room and down the stairs and outside. The whole way through the house, everything is shaking and rattling like there's an earthquake and all of the lights are flickering. There's plaster dust falling from the ceilings like the house is about to collapse. Outside, they meet up with the other girls. The lights in the house are all flickering and the group huddles together. They watch the house as we hear an electrical surge sound effect. All the light bulbs burst and it goes quiet. Now we hear sirens approaching the house. The camera looks back at the house, focusing on Annabelle's room. We cut back to the inside of the house. There's a flashlight beam going across the floor showing us a broken record. A police officer is lifting the bureau away from the closet door while another trains his light on it. They open the closet door and shine their lights inside. The Annabelle doll is there, but there's a large hole in the wall leading to the next room. The rosary is on the closet floor. Back outside, it's daytime and Sister Charlotte is in her nun drip. A police officer approaches her and says, there's no sign of Janice. He assures Charlotte that they will find her. On the porch, we see the priest from the orphanage come out carrying the Annabelle doll. He tells Charlotte and the cops that the house is blessed and the evil that was there is gone now. He explains to the girl that the doll is just a doll and it was just a conduit for the evil in the house. Then he offers the girls their chance at owning their very own super scary Annabelle doll. No, thank you. None of them look really interested in it either. No. Next, we see the doll being thrown in the trunk of a police car. All the girls close the trunk lid together, and that was cheesy as fuck. Yes. The orphanage bus pulls out of the Mullins house's driveway and drives down the road past B's Cross Memorial on the side of the road. In the bus, Charlotte talks to Linda and tells her that what they were dealing with back there wasn't Janice. It was something else. We see the bus drive off into the distance, and the camera pans up to the sky. Cut to the outside of an orphanage where a couple is holding hands and a woman greets them. While walking through a hallway with the couple, the orphanage lady explains that the girl they're about to meet is quiet and mostly keeps to herself. She's been through a lot, but she is a really lovely girl. They walk into a room and she introduces Janice to Mr. and Mrs. Higgins. They're the parents of the psycho lady from the first Annabelle movie. Ooh. Janice introduces herself as Annabelle. The Higgins give her a doll. It's a Raggedy Ann doll, just like the real Annabelle. She's... I put that in my notes, and then I have like 14 exclamation points. <laughs> she snuggles the doll and smiles at the Higginses. 
Now we see the adoption photo and more photos of Annabelle Higgins as she grew up. The screen reads, 12 years later. They really like 12 years. Maybe that's like the demon cycle, you know, like Pennywise. Oh. In the reflection of one of the picture frames, we see a figure in white pass by. Now we see the Higgins wake up to sounds in the house. They turn on the light in the bedroom, and Mr. Higgins instructs his wife to call the police while he goes to take a quick look around the house. Fuck that. Tell her to call the cops, lock the door, and just sit there. Yes. She grabs the phone and starts dialing as he peeks around the corner of the door frame. Someone steps into the room and suddenly slits his throat. It's Annabelle from the last picture we saw on the mantle a few seconds ago. No, it's Janabelle. Janabelle? It's really Janice, but she tells him that oh. her name's Annabelle. <laughs> She's Janabelle. Janabelle. Blood splatters onto the wall, and Mrs. Higgins yells, Annabelle? To which Annabelle replies, Hi, Mom. Yeah. Then a man steps into the room and jumps onto the bed with Mrs. Higgins. The scene cuts to the next-door neighbor's house, and we see through their window and into the Higgins' house just as the man dives onto the bed. And this is the scene from the first Annabelle movie. As the scene plays out from the first movie, You Are My Sunshine starts playing and the credits roll. During the credits, the camera is moving across the Bible pages in the closet. You Are My Sunshine stops playing and we hear some music box tinkling. Just before the screen goes black and we get a proper credit scroll, the camera rests on Annabelle the doll for several seconds. Then her head turns quickly and the camera cuts to credits. Gotcha. They scared me. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to do the body count? Yes. Okay. Do you want to go back and forth? Yes. Okay. I have B. How'd she die? She was run over by a truck. I wrote truck splat. Ew. Samuel Mullins. Bent up all crazy like. Body broken and crunched. <laughs> Mrs. Mullins. Ripped in half and crucified. <laughs> I wrote, ripped apart and turned into wall art. And that was it. And, and then I put the adopted mom and dad, too, because, I mean, they they technically died in this movie, but they yeah. also died in that one. I mean, Can we count them twice? I think, I think so. I don't think anybody's going to write us a ticket. Okay. Okay. I feel better now. <laughs> what were your reactions to the movie? This was way scarier than I remember. I know. <laughs> like, I was spooked watching it. Um, the scare sequences did a great job of working you up and then letting you back down just before a scare. Yeah. Um, there's lots of anticipation and suspense, which I find way scarier than slashers. I thought the girls did a great job of acting. But that said, the plot was pretty lacking. They never really explained why Mrs. Mullins couldn't walk. Because the demon took her eyeball. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't like how Sister Charlotte just like nonchalantly dismissed the picture of the other nun with them. Yeah. Um, and overall, I just felt like the whole movie was really slow. I can see that. That's all I had to say. I said... I went through a lot of stages with this movie. At times I was like, whoa, this movie is awesome. And then at other times I got kind of frustrated with it. Um, the darkness of the climax in the movie really pisses me off. Yes. There were some really good scenes in it, 
I just wish I could have actually seen what was happening. I was sitting in a dark room, I had my laptop lightness at its lowest setting, and I could still barely make out what was happening on the TV. Mm-hmm. Why do you do that? You've wasted so much money on set dressing and makeup just so I cannot see what you filmed. <laughs> I, will, I think that happens a lot in the Conjuring Universe movies. I don't know if it's just because like they're the newest yeah. franchise that we're watching and that's like popular now. But a lot of their movies are badly lit. Yeah. I don't know. It just frustrates the hell out of me. But the scene that ends with Janice getting dropped onto the first floor from the second, that was just absolutely amazing. Like that scene, that's a 10 out of 10. Do you have any production facts for the kiddos? I do. Stephanie Sigman, who plays Sister Charlotte, was freaked out by the doll. And after hearing that they had had a priest bless the set at the Cardinering 2, she requested that the same ritual be performed on their set. Better safe than sorry. That's kind of what I think. Uh, Anthony LaPaglia intentionally stayed distant from the child actors so they wouldn't develop a chemistry together and their awkward interactions would be more genuine. That's kind of sad. I hope he was nice to him after they got done filming. I hope so. Like, bought them each a candy bar. Or some ice cream. Yeah. So Sandberg, the director, said he was inspired by the set and the moment, so he did not prepare extensive storyboards, instead relying on the mantra, we'll figure it out on set together. We'll make it work. Hey, that's how I would film a movie. Yeah, and you can kind of tell that's what happened. Like that scene of Janice just walking into the hallway for no reason? Yeah. Uh, This film was made in 49 days. Huh. Not a very long shooting schedule. No. But it's like one set. Yeah, essentially. I mean. Pretty much just build the interior of the house. Yeah. You're good. That's all I had. Okay. Who are you? Uh, You missed my goofs. Oh. Do you have goofs? I psh, No. My number one goof was the lighting in the last 30 minutes. <laughs> and then I wrote, I didn't really notice any goofs, so I just looked one up just so I could say something. Oh, okay. Um, Sister Charlotte would not have been allowed to hear confession from Janice as she is not a priest. Oh. So, yes. Yeah. You just found that fact to prove you right. I did. <laughs> but, yeah. So, that was my only goof. All right. Tell me now who you are. I guess I'm Mr. Mullins <laughs> because I'm going to invite people into my house and then be annoyed that they're there and I'll fix their problems if they need my help, but I'm not going to go out of my way to be nice to them. Okay. I put, oh, I'm Mr. Mullins for sure. I know he's really grieving, but a grumpy old man. Yeah, that's me. And if I had a house full of teenage girls, I'd be praying for death too. <laughs> and then I put, I think that pretty much sums up Cam, too. (laughs) We got a twofer. (laughs) Um, I put that you are Carol, the oldest girl in the group, because you would totally tell a little kid that was annoying you to go hide and then not look for them. Yeah. And if you wanted to go to bed, you would just tell the kids to fuck off and go to sleep. (laughs) Quit telling your damn ghost stories and fucking go to bed. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Um... I rated it a 6 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Oh. 
said it was suspenseful and scary. The cast did a great job, especially with such young actors. The sound was amazing. Throughout a lot of it, especially at the end, it was too dark to see what was happening. Yes. The pace was kind of slow, and the movie just doesn't feel cohesive for some reason. It's kind of just a collection of scenes. Yes. That's all I had to say. I said, like I said earlier, I'm very conflicted with this movie. I didn't like it when I first saw it, and then I liked it on my second watch, so I think maybe it just kind of depends on my mood. Yeah. Um, I did take two full points off of this movie just for the lighting. It's horrible. And one point for all the tropes of possession horror and haunted dolls. Mm-hmm. Because all they did was play on tropes. Yeah. They didn't give us anything new. I feel like I should have rated it lower, but I didn't really have a reason to. Yeah. And like I had a lot of in this movie that I really liked, but the climax in the movie being nearly impossible to watch due to the lack of lighting... It just left me with a bad taste in my mouth. I think overall the scares in this movie are really, really good. Yeah. But the movie itself is not great. Yeah. The movie's not good, but the scares are super effective. And it kind of makes up for the rest of it. Yeah. it's They made a scary movie without the they, good part. They made scary scenes. Yes. Yeah. So overall, it got a 6.5 out of 10 for us. Do you want to do the socials? Oh, yeah, I can. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Franchise Frights Podcast. That's where we are. Nope, just Franchise Frights Pod, not podcast. Franchise Frights sure Pod. If you type in podcast, it would also come up. <laughs> you can find us on X, Snapchat, and Blue Sky at F Frights Pod. And you can go to our website at www.franchisefrights.com. Nope, franchisefrightspodcast.com. <laughs> you are off. I am. <laughs> My brain is done. So tune in next Thursday when we're going to be bringing you our thoughts on Child's Play. Duh. Mm. Child's Play. Duh. Yeah. I love it. Okay. I love Child's Play movies. They're horrible. So I guess until next Thursday, remember, remember they, they always come back. We didn't do so well that episode. I th- uh, yeah.